Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backheeled Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on today's episode, we're bringing you another edition of the Back Three. Now, the Back Three is our way to keep you up to speed on three of the biggest and most interesting things going on in American soccer. On today's episode, we're going to chat about Weston McKenney's transfer from Juventus to Leeds United. We're going to talk about the U.S. Women's National Team's roster for the She Believes Cup. And we're going to talk about an under-the-radar move from a college team here in the U.S. over to the Premier League. We're going to run through all three of these things in near-rapid-fire fashion because here on the Backheeled Show, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. Listen to the show while you drink a cup of coffee or while you have an afternoon snack or while you go on a short run. Any of those things will do just fine. We'll get you in and out in 10 minutes or less. So without any further ado, let's get to it and talk soccer. First on the back three is Weston McKinney's move from Juventus in Serie A over to Leeds United in the Premier League. It's a loan move for Leeds with an option to buy, not an obligation, according to Fabrizio Romano. It's going to get Weston McKinney into the American contingent that's already at Leeds. Jesse Marsh is there as manager. Tyler Adams is there in defensive midfield. And Brendan Aronson is there roaming around in the attack. There's two reasons I like this move, and there's one reason I don't like this move. I'm going to go through the reasons why I think it's fun first. So first of all, we're going to get all sorts of fantastic behind-the-scenes content from Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney. Their bromance is incredibly real. They have known each other for a very, very long time at this point, coming up through the U.S. youth system together, playing games with the youth national teams together, and now with the senior men's national team as well. They were at the World Cup. There's videos floating around on Leeds United's Twitter feed of them after Weston McKinney signs. And it is all just fantastic, entertaining stuff. Weston McKinney is just a complete people person. He's buzzing around the entire time. Can't keep a straight face. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's just fantastic content. So go watch that. That's one reason why I like this move. We're going to get a lot more of those kinds of things throughout the season. Another reason why I like this move is that I think Weston McKinney legitimately makes Leeds United better. And they do need more talent right now. They're not at all out of the relegation threat in the Premier League. They're not in the relegation zone right now, but there is a real risk for Leeds United if results don't go their way that they could end up dropping back down to the championship. With Weston McKinney in the midfield, those odds, I think, are much lower. Leeds made some other good signings between the summer and now this winter window that should be enough to keep them out of the bottom three. They have one point between them and 18th right now. Leeds are sitting on 18 points with a game in hand, to be fair, with Bournemouth all the way down in 18th place on 17 points. So things are very congested in the Premier League right now. Weston McKinney does make Leeds United better, and that's good news for Tyler Adams and Aronson and Marsh, and now for McKinney too, if he ends up staying at Leeds beyond just the end of this season. So good content behind the scenes and Leeds odds of staying up improving are two reasons that I like this move. One reason I don't like this move is is really just for Weston McKinney. Leeds United play a very aggressive, vertical, simple style. Not that it's simple to learn for players or to execute, but it's not complicated when you're thinking about the basic tenets of how Jesse Marsh wants to play. Weston McKinney has a lot more to his game that I think we could have seen really shine, and we could have seen him really shine at a different club, a club that maybe plays with the ball a little bit more, a club that's going to let him roam a little bit more in the attack and pick up the ball and drive it forward and get in the box and do all of those kinds of things. He'll do bits and pieces of that stuff at Leeds. I just wish that we would have gotten to see a little bit more of Weston McKinney at a different club 
where he could really go and stretch his legs. Either way, some things to like about this move, some things that I don't love about this move. We'll see how it plays out over the course of the rest of this Premier League season. Up next in our back three is the U.S. Women's National Team's roster ahead of the She Believes Cup. The roster was released on Wednesday, February 1st. The U.S. will play their She Believes Cup games on February 16th against Canada, on February 19th against Japan, and on February 22nd against Brazil. All three of those teams are in the top 11 of the FIFA rankings. Canada is number six, Brazil is number nine, and Japan is number 11. So this will be a much better test for the U.S., not a perfect one, but a much better test for the U.S. than their recent games against New Zealand in New Zealand when we're talking about on-field challenges. The roster is pretty standard from Vlatko Andonovsky. There's not a ton of really shocking things. A couple of notes, though, from the roster and the roster release. So the first one is that defender Tierna Davidson, who was with the U.S. at the 2019 World Cup, was with the U.S. at the 2020 Olympics, is in the final stages, according to U.S. Soccer, of her recovery from an ACL injury. She's going to be in the first part of training for the U.S. in Orlando as they prepare for these games, but is not actually going to be in the squad and available to play in any of these matches. So it's good to see Tierna Davidson getting back and closer to full fitness. We'll see if she makes a late push for the World Cup squad. The only other thing I want to note quickly here with this roster is there's no Sam Coffey in central midfield. The rest of the squad is pretty chalky. A lot of it makes sense. But in midfield, there's six players that Vlatko called up to this team. Lindsey Horan, Taylor Korniak, Rose Lavelle, Christy Mewis, Ashley Sanchez, and Andy Sullivan. Without Sam Coffey of the Portland Thorns in this camp to, to potentially get a look at the number six, I think this tells us that Vlatko is pretty set on his midfield group. I don't expect to see a lot of other experimentation in central midfield. It looks like we're going to see either Andy Sullivan as a lone six, maybe her with Lindsay Horan or Rose Lavelle dropping a little bit deeper, or what we saw against New Zealand was Taylor Korniak as a deeper player with Rose Lavelle or Horan next to her, depending on the moment, as almost a double pivot in something like a 4-2-3-1 that then shifts as they get higher up the field. It seems like Vlatko is pretty comfortable with this midfield group and really isn't looking to experiment with other options deep down in central midfield. Like I said a moment ago, we'll get a look at this team next on February 16th against Canada. Then it'll be Japan and then Brazil. There aren't many games left for the U.S. before the World Cup, so you can bet that we'll be monitoring these matches closely to see what else we learn about the U.S. before they head over to Australia and New Zealand this summer. Finally, our last item in today's back three is a transfer from college soccer to the Premier League. So Leicester City signed forward Nathan Apoku on Tuesday. Now, it's not a particularly strange thing to see a Premier League club making a move in the transfer window, but it is strange when that player is coming from Syracuse University. Apoku is a 21-year-old attacker. He was loaned out immediately from Leicester to their sister club in Belgium. So he's not going to be debuting for Leicester City anytime soon. But making a move from Syracuse over to Europe is not something that happens every day. Apoku's from Ghana. He moved to the U.S. ahead of the 2021 season, playing first for an NAIA school in Kentucky called Lindsey Wilson. Did well for them, played some in USL League 2, and then starred with Syracuse. He decided not to enter the MLS draft, the MLS Super Draft, that we saw recently a number of college players joining Major League Soccer instead decided to make a move and clearly believed in himself, Leicester City clearly believing in him as well. I'm hoping for the best for Apoku. I I hope he does well in Europe and Belgium, and I hope eventually he does make his way back to Leicester City to have something of a role in the Premier League. 
College soccer is a weird animal that at times feels like it is out of step with the rest of the American soccer landscape on the men's side. But stories like this and moments like this of players coming, finding their opportunity in college soccer and then making a move to a real, well-established professional team in the biggest league in the world. Stories like that remind me, at least, that college soccer does have a place and can still add value. I love this for Nathan Apoku. I hope he does well. You can bet that we'll be checking in on him and monitoring his progress over the next few years. That's it for today's show. If you enjoyed this episode of The Backheeled Show, go ahead and leave us a rating and go check out Backheel.com and subscribe to read quality, independent American soccer coverage. For now, we'll talk to you again soon. 